It's hot as blue blazes out there and here in the middle of August, but it's time, actually past time, to be thinking about the upcoming winter and firewood. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of August 14th, 2014. We are absolutely dependent on the wood stove to keep the barn, our little apartment here in the barn, warm in the wintertime. And yes, it is hot. It's, it makes you sweat just thinking about it. Um, but come wintertime, it won't be hot. It'll be cold. And it's, we always have periods of extreme cold here in central Alabama in the wintertime. And we will need firewood. Uh, you get tired of my saying that firewood is the thin red line that stands between us and freezing to death. But it's true, although melodramatic. Yes, because we do have other options if we have to, but in the but we really don't in this apartment. We have some heat lamps, but I don't think that would quite do it. Yeah, and you know, in, a, in an absolute pinch, I guess we could bring the kerosene heater in here if we absolutely had to. But basically, we do depend on firewood down here. So. And when we have it, which is the past few winters, we've had what we needed. It's very cozy and pleasant. Oh, we love it. We love it. So our normal schedule for firewood that's broken down, I'll tell you in advance, is a sound one. It's worked well over the years that we've been here. We have all the pallets full going into the burning season. And then as we empty them, we immediately refill them so that there's almost no point at which there are more than a couple of pallets empty. They just stay full. And we always are careful to bring everything under cover by Labor Day here in the pole barn so they can be totally dried out when we're actually ready to burn them. And so, you know, we use roughly six pallets in a season now that we have the lodge open. Mm -hmm. Um, And... We, could, we have been able to say that wood that we're burning has been split and stacked for at least a year and under cover since Labor Day. Well, that broke down last year. We were distracted um, by a number of things, including my injury. And the long and short of it is that... Although that was two years ago. Uh, yeah, it was... It, it was uh, we don't have any excuses. It's a snowball it's just, effect, though. You know, we get behind yeah. one year and we're behind again the next year. So, so we arrived at the summertime with the pallets full, but not having been seasoned as long as they should have been. So we solved that problem by leaving them on the orchard floor for most of the summer. And that really did make the difference. They dried out very Everything well. Everything was seasoned mm-hmm. and it burned just fine. Well, this year we're a whole lot worse off than that. I know, I know. (laughs) Uh, At the beginning of this week, we had a pallet and a half of firewood that's seasoned and ready to burn. A pallet and a half. That is nowhere near 
And that what translates we'll into less than half a chord for people exactly. who think in terms of chords of wood. Yeah, well, one of our pallets holds roughly a quarter of a chord of wood. So when we have one and a half pallets, which is what we have on hand, that means uh, less than half a chord of wood. So um, we're in trouble. I mean, we're, we're in deep trouble and way behind. So what we have going for us what we have in our favor is a couple of piles of wood that were stacked up and I'm now estimating about five pallets worth. So that works out to about one and a quarter cords has been cut and not split for several months. So it's in um, the pro the right length, right? It's, it's yeah, it's in, already cut up in the right length. But they're just big, yeah, you know, a lot of you know big logs big, yeah, and so forth. Yeah. Well, beginning this week, I've been basically doing that more than anything else, splitting, uh, splitting, splitting. and stacking those piles. So now uh, pallets two, three, and four, in addition to twelve and one. Twelve and one are the two that were already under cover and contained the That's one, one and, and a half, half pallets. One and a half pallets. So now we yeah. have four and a half pallets, three and a half pallets. Now we have one and a half, two and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half pallets. Okay. Four and a half pallets. And two, three, and four are the ones we've just filled and they are now drying on the orchard floor. Our plan is to um, work to fill all 10 of those pallets that were empty and put them all on the orchard floor so they can be drying out here in the few days <laughs> remaining until the heating season starts. And it's more than a few days, I hate to tell you. <laughs> well, that's, uh, we hope it is. We will be grateful for the extra time. Um, and we're, we're just going to leave that on the orchard floor just as long as we possibly can. You know, our plan last year was to bring everything under cover by Labor Day, and we did. Um, and this why is year, Labor Day the, the mark? I mean, why is that the goal? Nothing special about it. It's just easy to remember. Uh, my my thinking on bringing everything undercover by Labor Day is that that would then give us two or three good months for the pallets to dry out completely. Mm -hmm. No no rain at all mm -hmm. until we begin using them in November. Right. And maybe it's good to just, especially if we have someone who's, not initiated in your way of thinking about um, really good usable firewood, uh, to talk about this, to answer this question. We used to, when we lived in Birmingham, we would have a cord of wood delivered to us. We stacked it in the backyard. It got wet all the time. Now, we did get it one season ahead. So, you know, it's 2008. We had the firewood brought in for 2009 or, you know, just let's say. But it sat out in the rain. It burned fine. We didn't have it undercover. So why are we so yes. focused is, on having wood dry? What has well, changed your thinking on that? Uh, well, what's changed my thinking is that I like to like for fires to be easy to start. And when we use well-seasoned, bone-dry firewood, I can start the fire with half a starter stick right on the logs. 
I don't have to mess with paper or kindling or tim, you know, tinder or anything else. I can just start with a starter stick and logs, and it will start okay. Whereas when we had that house in Birmingham, we had um, a, a log, gas a log gas lighter. log lighter. So yeah. that kind of helped give it a jump start. Yeah. <laughs> we sort of cheated. That's <laughs> yes. We but we did have to make sure we had our gas bottles filled. We didn't have natural gas pipeline coming in. We had a gas bottle, so that was essential to have. The, the, it was to have that. And one other note about this cord business: everybody who sells firewood tells you they're bringing you or selling you a cord because they know that's what you want to hear. A cord is a whole lot of wood. It is a whole lot more than what people think of when they think of a cord of wood. Um, and when I say we have, you know, a, one of our pallets holds a quarter of a cord, that's a legitimate cord. So um, when all 12 of our pallets are filled, that's three honest-to-goodness cords of wood that we have on hand. Um most people don't need nearly that much, but we just we like to use wood for heat, and it makes a difference for us to have that that quantity and, on and hand. We've said this in the past, but we don't go cutting down healthy trees out in our woods um, unless now we've cut down some healthy so-called healthy trees in order to clear for a project like Correct. an orchard, a dwelling place. Um, a, uh, you know, you cut some down thinking we were going to plant pecan trees. We ended up not planting pecan trees there, but then you had to cut some more down for where we are going to plant pecan trees. That's so right. Those were a couple of, but even then, that's not a huge number of trees. What we typically do is look for deadfall, and there's plenty of it around. And yeah, use. and we don't wait for the trees to fall when we call, what we call deadfall it's really more like doomed trees doomed, that are still right. standing. They are not going to make it. Uh, we know that. It's a, they're, they're short timers, so cut them down. Uh, so anyway, I thought it was probably worth it to mention that. You're right. That. It is. Uh, so another thing that we're, that part of, that's part of our plan is that here in the early part of the winter, at least, we want to use firewood as sparingly as we can. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're never wasting it, that we are, you know, ne never overusing firewood until we develop confidence that we're going to get through the winter okay. Once we develop that confidence, then we can relax right. and and enjoy the fire the way we are accustomed and to enjoying it. And what month would you say that should be? January, February? Yeah, something right. like okay. <laughs> if, if If we arrive at January... I should know by then, okay, we're in pretty good shape. We're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what we hope to do is as soon, we'll have two and only two pallets that are under cover in addition to the two pallets that are in active use. One pallet's in active use at the barn, one pallet's in active use in the lodge. Um, then in addition to those two pallets, we will keep two full pallets under cover so that they can be becoming that bone-dry condition. We're not going to have them under there for three months. We're going to have them under there for roughly a month or a month and a half. Which Hopefully is that's long. long enough, right? We hope that's long enough. And But they, they will dry out a great deal. They'll get almost all the way dry 
um, undercover for that period of time. We will leave the remaining pallets out on the orchard floor even during the wintertime so they can get as much benefit as possible from the sun's drying. And yes, they will also get wet when it rains. They will get, you know, if we had any snow, they'll get a little snow on them. Oh, but right. they well. will get more benefit, more drying from the sun once they're out on the orchard floor. And we've learned from experience. The rain, yes, makes them wet, but the sun's drying is pretty effective out on that orchard floor because they get full sun from dawn till dusk. That's right. And um, when you mentioned snow, I thought, well, that's a rarity. And even if it does snow... It's gone the next day, and the sun's back out. So, you know, it should, the sun's drying should be the dominant feature of the weather. And, of course, the, the winters are typically mild in comparison to other parts of the country. That's not to say we can't have some exceptional weather. And with global weirding, I've learned to expect some exceptional weather. But it's just a, that we don't anticipate having um, an unusually harsh winter. We don't. Although, you know, we have to say this is central Alabama and you may think, okay, it never gets cold down there, but we just finished a winter in which we had two or three nights when it went down into the teens and one of those nights it was 12 degrees here at Longleaf Breeze. So it can get cold here and we need to be prepared for that. Just a note on why we're able to do this. We're, we're going to get away with it, I think. But the main reason we're going to get away with it is that we are using this system where firewood, once we put it on a pallet, we can easily move it from one place to another. We don't have to pick up pieces of wood and restack them We're not handling it one, one time. Yeah. We put it on the pallet, and then we don't ever touch that wood again until we're ready to take it off the pallet and actually burn it. So we can move that pallet out onto the orchard floor, let it dry there, move it into the barn, let it get bone dry there, move it into position at the lodge or the barn, then move it up to a stack easily. All that can be done easily, and it lets us get away with something like this. And it is a nice system, and, and I have to congratulate you for thinking about it, because I remember, what was it, three or four years ago when we were first constructing those pallets? Maybe five years ago. It was five years five ago. Five because that's right, before our first yeah, winter before here. Before our first winter which here. Which was November of 2009. But, you know, you came up with this system for building these 12 pallets, and it really works because they stay in place. It's not a whole lot of structure to it. It's just... Right. Know, but they do fold when they're not in use, so you can stack them easily. And then when we are, when they're fully deployed, then we can uh, just move them around. And uh, I will mention that I came in for a great deal of derision from my older brothers about twelve numbered pallets for firewood. They thought that was just kind of cute, actually. But it's a system that has worked well, and I'm glad we did it the way we did it. Do you think you've made believers of them? Do they think no. it's a good idea? Oh. They're my older brothers. They would never. <laughs> <laughs> they would never say, you know, that was brilliant, Lee. <laughs> so what do we need to do going forward? One of the things we know we must, we simply must do, is make it more of a priority to refill the pallets 
almost as soon as we empty them. You know, if, if you know if we've got three or four empty pallets, little alarm bells need to be going off in my head so that I'm making it a priority. It's not your problem; it's my problem to make it a priority to get the splitter back to you know get some firewood gathered in and refill those pallets and get them out where they can be drying. And if we're more methodical about that, then uh, we should be in much better shape. And one of the nice results, if we can get back into that rhythm, is that we'll be doing most of our cutting and splitting and stacking when it's cool. That's right. It's not so fun to do it now, but that's it's really not a bad wintertime activity because we can do, you know, the cutting. Of course, we're out in the woods, but it's kind of pretty that time of year. I really enjoy it. And then, you know, you're going to be wearing gloves on your hands anyway to handle all this wood, so that keeps them warm. And then you've got a place set up undercover in the pole barn to do the actual splitting using the hydraulic splitter. And so, again, you're sheltered from whatever the elements are. True. If it's a rainy day or whatever. So it really is kind of a pleasant way to spend a winter day. And it's not one, a particularly pleasant way to spend a hot summer day. I know. And, and, you know, the other thing is it does give one a great deal of satisfaction to see those pallets fill up, to wedge all that yes. wood in there. And, and I have been enjoying that satisfaction this week, seeing two, three, and four fill up and seeing them out on the orchard floor. That really does my heart proud, um, and I hope to follow those with the other pallets in fairly quick succession so we can get past this crisis and begin gearing up for what will clearly be a challenging winter. But the farther we get into that winter, the, more, the less of a challenge I think it will be. Right. So I commend you for all your work on that, and I'm hoping I can help you out more next week on our uh, splitting and stack. Well, you do the splitting, and then I take it from you, and I stack. And I am a bit anal retentive on my stacking procedure, too. So True. So I'm able to get a lot of firewood in a pallet. But two, three, and four are stacked haphazardly in, in relation to how carefully you do it. So um, we are missing your anal retentive wood stacking. Don't worry. I'll be back. <laughs> So that's uh, where we are. We're looking forward to it. Hope you can stay cool for the remainder of the summer here in the Northern Hemisphere and warm once the winter season sets in. Take care. We'll look forward to visiting with you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.